Hey, good to everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in again to Total Wellness Radio with Dan Young, your host here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Thank you so much. Yes, we took a few weeks off over the summer. Didn't get new episodes posted. Thank you so much for your patience. Uh, Today, we're going to actually post episode 201. We catch up with Tiffany Meyer. Tiffany is a nutritional therapy practitioner out of South Lake, Texas, and she has a very compelling story, both personal and professional, as to why she's helping people and is driven to make sure chronic illness issues are handled with natural remedies, each on a case-by-case basis. So, sit back and enjoy this episode, episode 201 of Total Wellness Radio. Good day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I have got a young lady on the line with me today, Tiffany Meyer from South Lake, Texas. Tiffany, are you there okay? Yeah, I'm here. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. So with all of my interviews with people around the world, what we like to do is kind of do a little backstory. We're going to get into, obviously, your professional career and the things that you're doing as an NTP practitioner. Um, But I always love to ask people, first and foremost, because my family's got a history with it. All the other practitioners I've ever talked to have seem to have a history and that is, what was the catalyst or the event or maybe the thing that happened to you personally or your family, uh, a friend that put you on a path to natural health? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that, excuse me, I don't know that it was any um, one specific thing. I think it was a few things kind of adding up, one thing being significantly bigger than the rest of them. Um, my mom, who I was incredibly close to, passed away at 62. Mm-hmm. So she was diagnosed with um, large cell B, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And about eight weeks, um, eight to 12 weeks after her diagnosis, she was hospitalized, put in hospice, and passed away. I mean, there were some other, you know, things that happened in that time frame. But, uh, no, I, uh, at the time, was not healthy at all. I made fun of her for shopping at Whole Foods. I made fun of her for putting flaxseed on everything. Um, she was all about organic and all about, you know, high quality. And she did Pilates and did everything she could, you know, at that time. This was um 2013 so we've come a long way in the last six years as far as health and kind of you know awareness and getting information and education out there but she did everything she could and so for me that was probably the biggest wake-up call but um I personally have suffered from migraines since I was probably eight years old um really bad like in the hospital getting morphine IVs um migraines I've had light ones I've had heavy ones you know some that just go away with Advil but uh I think, you know, what happened with her really shook me up to say, why am I getting migraines? Why can't I prevent these? Why do doctors not have a reason why I'm getting these migraines? They just say, take painkillers, take a preventative. So um, I think those were probably two of the largest things that um, happened within my life to kind of, you know, wake me up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's tragic when you think about, uh, you know, we've, we supposedly have come so far in medicine and the reality of it is the last three years running, our longevity rates have actually started curving back the other way. No one's talking about this, by the way. Um, right. But we, you know, geneticists and gerontologists have written all kinds of papers recently in the last 20 years that strongly suggest because of what you talked on about toxic foods and, and uh, lifestyle and dietary stressors and then modern medicine not going after the cause, just, just bandaging the symptom. Um, you know, we're going to see in the next two to three generations, four generations into the future, which is like 110 years as all four generations is, 
um, parents outliving their children. That's the direction it's going right now. And, and so it's kind of scary. So anything we can do now to, uh, to extend our own quality of life and those around us, I think it's a pretty wise thing to do. Absolutely. I don't know how much you've um, looked into Pottinger's educational information, but with epigenetics and everything else, I mean, there's, you know, especially I think more than anything with allergies, we see it where the immune system just doesn't have the same, um, doesn't have the same foundation that it did Mm -hmm. in prior generations for a lot of us because we have seen all those toxins and chemicals added into our foods and it just continues to impact one generation over another, essentially allowing us to turn on these genetic factors that otherwise may not have been turned on. Right. Um, I've done a little bit of research around autism and, and you know, some of the other um, kind of more prevalent concerns at this point too with, with children. And it just, we just don't have solid answers, but I think a lot of it goes back to those epigenetics. Yeah. You know, we've, you know, Pottinger's cats was required studies 20 years ago and before my time, you know, 40 years ago. So it's, it's uh, Francis Pottinger's what uh, Tiffany's talking about for you listeners is uh, you can get there. Uh, his book is a pretty tough read a little bit in some places, but uh, uh, they actually have a video on it, too. It's kind of an old school style video that they could do from that time, how, how technology was. And uh, you can get that at the IFNH.org website, International Foundation for Nutrition and Health. And I really encourage people to to whatever you can grasp of that, even as a layperson, you should watch that video um, and what happened to just the third generation of cats um, uh, by eating lousy foods, foods of commerce, right, the processed stuff, versus a real healthy uh, whole food approach. And, uh, you know, the Genomics Project, too, it's interesting you bring that up because we talk about this all the time, you know, in our clinic about, you know, genome, the Genomics Project, you know, when it, when it broke that DNA code, you know, 14, 15, 16 years ago now, I don't, you know, the, the dates are kind of hazy, but they realized that 30% of the illnesses that we were going we're gonna to face in our lifetime has to do with genetics. The other 70% is diet, lifestyle, and stress. And that's the stuff that we have control over. That's the stuff that we can have influence over. And, and uh, so you're absolutely right. Getting people properly educated so that they, regardless of the modality, and that's one of the reason I, I put this show together is to, it doesn't matter if you're a naturopath or herbalist or nutritional therapy practitioner. It's like we're all like we have a common goal, right? I mean, we the big picture is um, trying to get people educated and get them out from under that trap uh, that they think they have to be stuck in because, oh, I have a drug deficiency or it's my genetics. And uh, certainly the genetics are a piece of the puzzle, but they're not the biggest piece of the puzzle. So. Right. I think, you know, I hear that quite a bit with my clients. I hear, especially those that are, you know, focused on weight loss, it's, well, you know, obesity runs in my family. Well, does it? I don't, I don't maybe sugar addiction does. I mean, that's something, you know, that we all struggle with. But yeah. um, I, I completely understand where they're coming from when they say that. It's how we've been trained to accept what's going on with us physically. Yep. I was even told that with migraines. My dad had migraines. So naturally, of course, I had migraines. I have three brothers and none of them really had migraines like I did. So what was it between me and my dad that made migraines, you know, so specific for us, but for my brothers, you know, it just wasn't a big deal. So I don't, I don't buy into the, I mean, there are some things that are genetic, but you can, you can tackle that. Those are easy things to, to take on for sure. Yeah. I had to prove that. I had to prove that one to myself. Unfortunately, after 20 years of experience, I went to the gym every day for a year, didn't lose an ounce. Right changed the fuel I was given the body lost 22 pounds. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> you know, and unfortunately, and we know this stuff, right? But we still have to prove it to ourselves. You don't go to the gym to lose weight, people. You go to the gym to tone up. You go to the gym to bulk up. You go to the gym to improve cardiovascular performance. But don't go to the lose weight. Change the fuel and you'll lose weight. Right. Yep, absolutely. It's all back to the food. And then yeah. the gym is the gym is your movement. The gym is your strength. The gym is getting back into what we don't do anymore, right? That's what we talk yeah. about with ancestral health is a lot of the stuff, you know, you look at hunters and gatherers and we don't have that same physical labor. Um, yeah. We just don't use our bodies in the same way. We, we sit in chairs at yep. least eight hours a day and then we come home and sit on the couch and sit there for another couple hours watching TV and don't get that physical movement. So yeah. the gym piece is... Um, critical, especially for those that are, you know, stuck in their chairs all day. <laughs> right. And the thing is, is that, you know, diet, diet, what we've seen with a lot of people is that diet, diet comes first because you can't exercise a toxic malnourished body to health. You know, you got, you got to nourish it back to health. And, and what, what do you find to be the most exciting aspect of your, of your career now that you're, you're practicing NTP? Oh, God, I think just working with people one-on-one and getting to hear their stories and getting to hear what's going on with them and, you know, literally be a part of their health journey. Um, part of what I get to do as an NTP is some for people who are local to me, some in-office functional testing and, you know, to find something that their body instantly feels relief and they go, what is that and, and how do I get it and how do I start taking it? You know, it's, it's natural supplements. I think, you know, one of my more recent ones, a lot of inflammation, a lot of stuff going on, and tested her with um, a pretty strong oil of oregano and muscular pain that she had felt for, you know, months through her IT band was instantly gone. Just mm-hmm. having it, you know, just being able to test it on her. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just phenomenal to see her reaction. And then the next couple of days after taking it, she was like, what is this? Why? This works better than Advil. This works better than any pain reliever. And, you know, put her on a protocol for it. And uh, it's just it's stuff like that is just awesome to hear. To hear that feedback and to hear that somebody went from, hey, my life is fine. I, I feel okay most of the time to, oh, wow, this is what I should be feeling like. It, yeah. It's just such an awesome thing to be able to help people get to that point where they forgot what it's like to feel, you know, optimal, really. Do you do uh, uh, kinesiology? Is that what you're using? Um, or biofeedback? Neural testing. Uh, it's not biofeedback, and it's not. Tra- it's more reflex testing. Um, so ling- LNT, um, lingual neural testing, where you test specific supplements on the tongue. Um, I do some that are just kind of more the applied kinesiology approach, but NTPs are trained on the lingual neural. Yeah, so that comes from Goodhart's work. Yeah. Back in the 60s. Yeah. yeah from a, it, that actually originated from uh, D.D. Palmer in 1895. And then when he brought us chiropractic into this country, he brought us the applied uh, neurology um, evaluations. And um, historically, 1960s, when uh, Dr. George Goodhart and Alan Berdahl started the School of Applied Kinesiology. And J- Goodhart was big on that. You didn't put that substance anywhere on the body, but on the tongue. That's the only place you tested it. And uh, the challenge that we find in modern in modern practitioners <laughs> with that is you go through a lot of supplements. <laughs> yeah, well, that that is true. Um, <laughs> we do very small doses. We you know look for for powders that you can just do the granules and stuff. And sure. honestly, some of the stuff is really basic. We do it with water. I do it with apple cider vinegar. I do it with salt. Yep. It's amazing how many people. I mean, the chronic dehydration that we have, especially in America. You give somebody pure, clean water and 
you know, their bodies instantly respond to it and go, yes, I need it. Yes, yep. I want this. And yep. it's just, it's such an impact to see what just water and really water and salt do. Yep. It's huge. So, uh, what do you find to be some of the most challenging aspects of your career? Uh, challenging is honestly the business side. I, I love what I do, and when I have a client in front of me, or you know, I have my recurring, my follow-ups, and reevaluations. That's all great. Um, we are, you know, my husband and I are fairly plugged into our community. He's a chiropractor, and he's been practicing in the same location for. 11 years, um, but it's still, you know, the business side. It's, sure. it's the marketing and the social media and figuring out what the, you know, most recent trends are and just how do you get yourself out there? Um, yeah. That's why, you know, opportunities like this podcast are great. Getting sure. people, you know, driving people to your website and forming an email list and all of these things that you don't really, you want to start your own business and you want to focus on what you love to do, but then there's this whole other business side of it where I don't have you know, five different admins running around doing different things for me. It's yep. all me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. When That's you're, when you're part. a one, when you're a one woman show or one man show, it's uh you have to have all the mechanics and dynamics in place, you know, and that's, uh, so what you're touching on is very true. And I see it happen a lot with practitioners. You know, they're we're wonderful healers. They're compassionate about what they do. They want to share what they've learned with others and, and have that positive impact. But how do you bridge, you know, most people are used to being a part of the, the process they don't know how to go from acquisition to retention right in the in the business side right. of things and so yeah that's one of the things that we focus on we'll talk we'll, t- we'll talk more about that <laughs> okay hey so what do you primarily focus on i mean you you mentioned products you mentioned you know the the education you do a lot of digital do you do it out of your husband's office there in uh, in uh, in south lake texas i mean where do you how do you deliver what you do to to your clients um, so that's one of the things that attracted me in general to the nutritional therapy program is a lot of it can be done remotely. Yeah. I do take remote clients. They don't get that benefit, obviously, of the functional. Although I do have a client in Arkansas that comes to Texas, so when she's in town, we do her functional. Um, I love having clients that are willing to do that because, I mean, we're, South Lake is really close to Dallas. It's Dallas-Fort Worth, so okay. a lot of people have family, friends. It's such a big hub that people come in and they're like, hey, can I stop by? I mean, South Lake is 20 minutes from the International Airport, if not closer. Um, but, yeah, so I do remote, um, and I think that's got its benefits, too. Um, so that's really exciting. But I, I tend to focus a lot on, you know, what I've been through, I focus a lot on inflammation, um, chronic conditions, gut health, um, and I, I find that I tend to attract type A OCD working women, which they say you attract like to like, so maybe that tells you a little more about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. So when you come to uh, when it comes to uh, client wins, is there any kind of specific things? I mean, you talked about gut health and and different chronic inflammation kind of patterns. Um, for the listeners, is there any kind of like you have a story or a, a win or something like that that you could maybe share with them? Kind of gives people hope when they hear that kind of thing. Oh yeah, no sure. Um, so uh, one of my clients actually, she's she's working with me, but she's also working with um, uh, a mental health advisor struggling with um, really eating disorders. And I think, you know, the the cool thing with being a part of her story and being there is not just, you know, getting her to eat, but she feels that, you know, there's 
there's a philosophy, I think, in mental health and with eating disorders that you can be healthy at any weight. And my client disagrees with that. And I'm like, okay, woohoo, let's figure out how to get you eating healthy, how to get you a healthy relationship with food. Because realistically, I would love to support anyone who is healthy at their weight as long as they are healthy. And realistically, when you are dealing with some people who are overweight, as much as I want to be conscientious of a healthy relationship with food and healthy eating, there's times when when you're overweight, you're just, you're not healthy and it is causing more problems. Um, So no, working with that and getting her into a healthy relationship with food, explaining, um, you know, you go back to a lot of the old studies and a lot of the old diets and a lot of the old trends and there's still a fear of fat and... Yep. You know, even though someone says, oh, well, I'm eating the healthy fats, I do the coconut oil, I do the avocado, I'm so excited about fats, and then I explain to them how much fat they should really be eating, and they go, oh, no, that, yeah. that's too much. And I'm like, no, like, fat is, fat is not the fat that is on your body. The yep. fat that is stored within your body, you know that if this is... This is when we're talking insulin and insulin responses. Yep. And everybody says, oh, Diet Coke, you know, there's no calories. It's not about the calories. It's about the insulin response and being yep. able to sit there and explain that to clients who have struggled with eating and struggled with food and food choices for so long. Yep. You know, you kind of, you learn how to explain it differently to different clients because everybody, you know, needs to be taught differently. But yep. being able to explain that and have someone wake up and go, yep. wait a second. So you mean not only am I addicted to sugar, but if I eat more fat, I'm, I'm going to feel fuller and I'm going to feel better and my skin's going to look better. Yep. <laughs> and you go through all the benefits and they go, oh, wow, this is so exciting. So I think that, you know, and then choosing the right fats, back to your point, you know, when we do talk about inflammation and we talk about things like whether it's migraines or joint pain, um, getting those those healthy anti-inflammatory fats and getting that right balance back right. in their bodies to good quality food, yeah. that's that's huge wins right there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm so glad you're touching on this because it is such a misnomer that needs to be squashed. It really does. And I'm glad to hear that you're educating people that way. You know, we uh, we see people all the time that they don't they don't understand that the quality of their performance is based directly on the quality of the fuel, period. And that yes, these other right. factors, movement, genetics, all these other things, yes, toxicity levels, all that other stuff is a is a piece of the puzzle. But the biggest piece of the puzzle is understanding that if you fuel the body properly, it will perform properly. And uh, boy, I tell you, it takes, I don't know how what your, your success rates are, but it takes about three to six months of close monitoring to get new dietary lifestyle disciplines and habits instilled with these people. It's not a three to six week or day you know, endeavor. Just because you know about it, it takes six months to really materialize what they've learned based on their own personal execution, right? And uh, so, I don't know if you're getting better, right. if you're getting faster results than that, let me know, and I was, I'll, I'll, I'll start doing what you're doing, but it takes three to six, yeah, we have food logs person, every week, yeah. food logs every yeah. week, right? And and here's the thing too, and I learned this from Becca, my assistant, she, she you know, the food logs are not meant to point out what a person is doing wrong, it's to point out what's missing in the diet. So week one, if you're at 60-40, right, which means 60% of the food you're consuming might have some nutritional value and the other 40% are robbing you, next week let's make it 65-35 and then 70-30 and then 75. How do we gradiently get you there over time so that you don't bite off too, too, you know, too much too soon and, and then start having that self-talk kick in about, oh, I can't do this program either, you know, and, 
you know how people do that. Absolutely no. When I first started my practice, you know, because I do use you know the food journal as well, and it was I would get clients saying, "Oh, I, I, I didn't start my food journal because I wanted to go out with the girls on Saturday, and we had some drinks." And I would say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I think we're misunderstanding the whole point of the food journal. This is my baseline to see what your habits are, what you like. That's another important." key thing too, right? Because if you repeatedly see that they like something that's maybe, you know, a good healthy food, but it's how do you take it from good to better to best and then growing those things that they like. If they love chocolate chip cookies, okay, let's, let's not talk about, you know, that store brand that's got hydrogenated oils in it. Let's talk about this awesome, you know, coconut oil based recipe that you can make at home that tastes better and is better for you. You can leave them in the freezer and then pop them. We may or may not do this in my house, you know, make 50 at a time or so and stick them <laughs> in the freezer because I'm a chocolate chip cookie addict, you know? Right, right. So it, it's not taking away, it's, it's adding to the nutrition nutrient density and the value of the food and how your body is responding to it. So yes, show me that you're eating those chocolate chip cookies. Show me that you have that ice cream and, you know, not to get into any particular brands, but maybe if we go from here to, you know, either making it at home or choosing a healthier brand. And I think, you know, at first the food journal can be very intimidating because people realize like, I'm not trying to change everything overnight because you probably, I'm sure, know this too. When someone decides that, you know, they're eating standard American diet, they're getting Chick-fil-A, they're getting In-N-Out, they're getting Pizza Hut, all of that, and then overnight they decide to go Whole30, what happens? They feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. Their energy totally tanks. And they just feel awful. It's like yeah. they have the flu and they're like, wow. You know, healthy food just isn't right for me. Well, it's not that healthy food isn't right for you. It's that your body is in shock because yep. you just took out all the crap you're eating and your body's like, wait a second, I'm addicted to all of that. Yep. So, yeah. I'm used to performing <laughs> at such a low level and now you're asking me to do something better and I don't know how to do it right now. <laughs> right. Because everybody that comes into us, there's like, well, I want to perform at eights, nines, and tens, but they do things to dictate a three, four, and a five, right? I mean, if you're going to scale it, they get, it takes a while, right. but they get educated. They get educated. So let's go into some of the things that you're doing right now. You said your husband's a chiropractor, has been for 11 years. Congratulations. I love chiropractic, by the way. It's one of the best, <laughs> one of the best modalities on the planet. So kudos to him. Any, uh, any new directions or goals or things like that that you have planned for yourself in the future? You're going to be writing some books or doing some videos? Or what else can we share with the listeners in that arena? Yeah, well, I've, you know, I've tried to make my social media pretty, uh, pretty consistent, um, I think is the biggest thing is, you know, keeping that consistency, which was hard to do when I was, multiple, you know, tackling multiple jobs all at once um, when I was still in corporate, but uh, keeping social media consistent, I recently started a YouTube video channel, whatever, where I'm trying to get more education out there. Um, I am working on an online course, so for, you know, there are some people who say, well, I want to be healthier, but... I don't want you to know me personally or I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm going to be held accountable. There's, there's a little bit of, you know, some nerves there. So having an online course where they can go out and really learn about, okay, what, what is she going to tell me? If I were her client, what is she going to tell me in that, you know, introductory, how, how to eat for my health? So I'm working on that. Um, I would like to get a book out there that's kind of online courses, project number one, um, 
potentially book is project number two. That's kind of on the back burner to like get the online course ready. So, but yeah, no, I, I like all of that. We, uh, we've expanded recently into, um, my husband's chiropractic office into regenerative, can never say that right, regenerative medicine. Um, so we're doing a little bit of that and kind of exploring that. I actually myself have had, um, I don't know if you're familiar with amniocyte, but um, I think there's amniocyte and one other one that's it's, um, touted sometimes as stem cell therapy, but I, I think there's something with the FDA, you can't actually call it stem cells, but uh, I had that done. Um, so that's been really interesting too. And we've seen a lot of, a lot of um, his are patients, minor clients, so we've seen a lot of patient success with, with him with some of the the um, regenerative medicine procedures. Yeah, good, good. No, I think it's it's one of the it's a way of the future, and I know that companies they're going to continue to look for ways around censorship from the FDA, which is nothing more than the henchmen for the big pharma companies, right? I mean, that's I have an I have an FDA compliant lab here in our office. It's two doors down, and uh, and so I understand their methodology and their philosophy is not to. Uh, really protect the end-use consumer. Obviously, they approve Celebrex, right? So, um, and we know what a fiasco, tragic, I mean, opiate uh, deaths right now are at 64,000 annually, uh, people dying in their sleep because of the opiate problem we have. And that's just one area of pharmaceutical medicine that uh, that we're all paying a tragic price for. So, um, I, uh, although I, I, I say we have an FDA-compliant lab, it's it's really more like I have two people that work for the FDA and I get to pay them is really what it, you know, it kind of boils down yeah. to. Um, but that's for another story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting you talk about opioids. I'm curious, have you, uh, have you researched Kratom or watched The Leaf of Faith on Netflix or any of that? Have you looked at any no. of No, I, I tell you, I study, my, the guy that, my go, I'm glad you asked that, my go-to guy uh, has always been uh, Dr. Dan Murphy out of uh, Westlake College in California. He's been doing this for over 40 years. Um, he is a full professor there, and he has two clinics. And so I really okay. stick, I tend to stick close to the people who are actually, um, who are actually doing the work in the trenches, documenting um, the outcomes with people from a nutritional perspective and from a structural perspective. Um, I, I mean, the stuff that's going around now, it, it, there's nothing new under the sun, right? And so the stuff that's going around now and people are real excited about they've been, that they've been around natural health for five, six, seven, eight years is stuff that I was exposed to in 1974, okay? So it's not new. Right. It's just being repackaged and redistributed and it's the new buzz, right? And so... I mean, unfortunately, right. with this white hair, I've been around long enough to see that kind of happen. You stick around for another 25 years, you're going to see it too and kind of roll your eyes and say, yeah, that's old news, kid. That's, that's been around a while. <laughs> but what's different is, is that it's just been the last 10 to 15 years, 10 to 12 years, that we've had such massive global distribution of the information. The internet right. has changed the entire game. So Bernard Jensen, who I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he wrote 60 books saw over 400,000 people in his lifetime uh, worldwide and helped them with their health. Um, he didn't have, didn't have that media, right? And so now you can throw some nice research together, have it substantiated, write a paper, and the whole world knows about it. And they think, wow, this is something new, and when really it's not. It's just being distributed differently. And now we all have access because of these things, right? We all have access to... Uh, 
to information that we've uh, we just haven't had access to before it, but it's not new. Um, well, right, and that can be good and that can be bad. I mean, that's the other thing that we hear all the time is, oh gosh, the keto, okay, the keto diet. Okay, right. I, I have nothing against the keto diet, yeah. but I see people, and, and you see, you know, Instagrams and memes of it all the time where somebody's doing keto and they're eating bacon and steak and eggs and going, oh, look, I'm doing keto, I'm healthy. And it's like, where, where's the veggies? Where's, where's the plant-based keto? Yep. Now, I'm all about the steak, I'm all about right. the bacon, I'm all about the eggs. All right. of that is great, but it should be, right, in tandem with some other nutrient-dense foods. Absolutely. So the other way, you're talking about the carnivore diet, which is, you know, another trend, but if, if you're getting that antibiotic, pumped, hormone-loaded yep. steak, that, that, that's not compliant with anything. Right. <laughs> it goes back to the quality of the food. Yeah. So, again, you know, it's true. I mean, you got to watch. I mean, you got to watch the so-called experts, right? I mean, I don't. Nothing against Atkins, right? But here's the deal: Atkins had a mentor, and his mentor was Melvin Page. Melvin Page was a medical doctor, did blood work every four days on people because he could shift chemistry with diet and whole food approaches that fast. He could drop cholesterol over a hundred points in less than two weeks. Okay. With diet only, no meds, no procedures, none of that. So, but the problem was Adkins took what he learned from Melvin, tweaked it, marketed it, and became famous for the Adkins diet. And that was really not the best way to go for a lot of, for some people, right? And so I, I, when it comes to keto, I tend to listen to Dominic D'Agostino. I think he's probably the best because he promotes plant-based nutrition. He promotes you know, you got to have these other vital nutrients uh, along with this, or you're just you're setting yourself up for a different kind of failure. So, well, and it goes back to your point of how are you fueling the body, and if all you're doing is, you know, again, that those low quality, you know, cheap. I'm going to do, you know, steak every day, but I'm going to do the lowest quality steak because let's face it, that gets really expensive. Yeah, and <laughs> it's not it's quality. not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, you'll see these people lose 40, 50, 60 pounds, but go check on their health two years later. Look at their blood work, you know, two or three years into that approach and not doing, you know, the other vital nutrients. They're going to, they're just setting themselves up for a different, a different headache. That's very true. Well, and I think a lot of it is missing the whole point on, you know, and that's some of where I go with my clients is you have to go back to the science and the physiology and the education. People know what the keto diet is, but do they know what ketosis is? Do they know what they're actually trying to get their body to do? I've seen people who do keto and then they finally learn a little bit more about it. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to get keto strips and I'm going to test, you know, my ketones and everything. And they're never in ketosis. And they're like, I've been doing keto for a year and I've never hit ketosis. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> You've been doing a, a marketed version of keto. Thank you. That's very true. Very true. As we get ready to wrap this up, what one like pearl of wisdom, what one thing would you love to make certain that our listeners here, it's going to give them, uh, give them some hope and some encouragement for their health. It is never too late to wake up today and start fresh. You always get a new beginning. Every single morning is an opportunity for you to decide that today is the day that you're ready to change. And I think, you know, that's the thing. I can't trigger somebody to change. You can't trigger somebody to change. It has to be up to that individual to wake up and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, give up my habits and change my ways. And I want to be the best version of me that I can be. Yeah. But that has to come from the individual. Sure, sure. You and I can act as resources, but they have to be the source. Absolutely. 
What's the and, best? And I think it's fair. And I think, you know, I think you and I are, are the types of people that go in and, and kind of coach and mentor and support and encourage, but it has to come from that person. Yep. It has to, 100%. Yep. And when people are ready for it, that is the great news is that there are, you know, there's other entities like me. There's a lot of people that do offer that remote service, people that don't want to just throw supplements at you, but actually want to help educate you. There's yeah. a ton of books out there, but again, it's weeding through the noise and finding what, what's a solid resource and who yeah. you want to trust. So on that note, as a perfect segue, you are a great resource. What's the best way for people to stay in touch with you and get in contact with you? Uh, best resource is my website. It's just Tiffany Meyer Wellness, um, and that's Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, TiffanyMeyerWellness.com. Um, I'm easy to find the same way out on Instagram, Tiffany Meyer Wellness, and same on Facebook. Okay. Pretty consistent so people can find me. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. You bet. For Tiffany Meyer in South Lake, Texas, this is uh, Dan Young signing off on this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making this a part of your day. If you are a natural health practitioner and want more information about how to maximize your impact in your community and develop the practice of your dreams, be sure and check out our mentorship page, Mentorship Blueprint on Facebook, and you can contact us at practice.blueprint at gmail.com for more information. Until next time, have a great day.